Network presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here for week 14 of the NFL season. Another interesting week 13. We go to week 14. Once again, I'm not in love with these matchups, but we got a couple decent ones on the slate here. Uh, we'll see if we can find some good games for us to get through our five mutual picks. And then I know you're light on the slate. I'm about medium. I think I'm a little bit more heavy uh, this week than I was last week. Uh, that being said, uh, there was a flurry of Sunday text uh, that uh, gave you many more picks than I had on said uh, Thursday of the show. So uh, And winner picks for that matter. So uh, good weekend last weekend for me uh as always sunday I, i'm much more uh deep dived in there and ready to have a host of more picks than i am uh usually friday or saturday but uh you ready to get into week 14 yeah i'm ready to talk football i'm a little light on picks as you mentioned but uh hopefully i'll get a little uh, a little braver as the week goes on yeah all right uh let's uh start off with uh you know our uh Week uh, 14 kickoff Thursday night football. Um, no one probably should have bet on this game ever. Uh, but of course, I think I have a very bad gambling problem. I stupidly took this game, even though I talked myself out of it once TJ Watt was uh, in street clothes. I, I knew better than to take the Steelers. Uh, Delvin Cook ran all over them. Uh, but that being said, of course, it was the Minnesota Vikings. So uh, they cannot do anything easy or well for more than a half uh got up by i believe 27 nothing maybe 29 nothing and then uh proceeded to completely blow that game and uh, once again was having the pittsburgh steelers drive down with the waning seconds and were uh about a 12 yard pass completion away from blowing that game as well uh what do you make of this? Uh, Vikings get, I, I guess, an important win, but uh, I, I think we're both pretty much about over that team, especially after the disaster with the Lions. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, you'd think their defense would be, even without T.J. Watt, a lot better than it is, but it seems to be if T.J. Watt's in there, they are a lockdown, shutdown defense. If he's not in there, uh, Delvin Cook is rushing for 200 yards. So uh, what you make of the Thursday game? You know, it was actually one of the more boring games, actually, in my opinion. Um, I, I was watching that game, and that first half was literally putting me to sleep, uh, which kind of worked out in my favor because I, I had to pull an all-nighter at uh, the 9-5. to five. Um, So it worked out for me, but, you know, it looks like the Steelers made a game of it uh, as I was watching the replay of that game. It, it just, man, in reality, listen, I, I've talked about it several times, several instances throughout the season. It, it seems like there's really – very, very few teams out there that are unbeatable. You know, there's a, I'd probably say maybe like the Cardinals, the Packers, uh, you know, I guess I could throw the Bucks in there um, of teams that I would probably lean on the winning side of them as opposed to picking them to lose. Because uh, every other team I feel like could easily lose to just about anybody. We've seen it with the Steelers throughout the season. We've seen it with the Vikings, probably the most Jekyll and Hyde team this season. Uh, and you saw it on the field, you know, the Steelers were basically getting completely dominated and then they come back and they make a game of it at the end 
Um, obviously, they had that whole situation with Claypool trying to celebrate his first down, uh, which kind of put a little damper on, on them trying to make a comeback. But, yeah, overall, listen, I know the score looks nice. I know when you just look at the stats, it looks nice. But overall, man, it, it was bad football. Yeah, I, I think uh, there has to be a total banishment on probably betting on the Vikings pretty much ever again, certainly as favorites, because, I mean, I, I think I asked you a couple weeks back, what lead do you feel safe with the Vikings? And apparently 27 nothing uh, going halfway <laughs> through the third quarter is not enough as well. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned the Claypool situation. That's probably the biggest talking point coming out of that game. Uh, you know, he decided to do his first down celebration dance as the clock was ticking down. Uh, apparently, he thought it was halfway through the uh, second quarter of the game. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put it on that cost them the game, but it certainly cost them probably a play, maybe even a second play, considering they got so far down there uh, to about the 12-yard line. Uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, I, I don't ever care too much about celebration, but that one seemed to really uh, be at an inopportune time. You got to know better than to sort of do something like that at that point in time of the game. Listen, I like celebrations. I, I think that ever since the NFL allowed players to start celebrating touchdowns and, and interceptions and big plays, I feel like it's become more fun. You know, we used to call it the NFL, the no fun league, because you'd get penalized for even the slightest attempt at a celebration. So I'm all for celebrations, but you know, the situation's got to be right. You have to be smart. You know, this isn't, this isn't college. This is the pros, you know, you're getting paid a lot of money uh, to know what the situation is. So it was a little bit of a bonehead mistake on his side. Now I will say when I first watched that actual play go down, um, I didn't think much of it. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Um, as a matter of fact, I even told you I had to go back and actually count uh, the seconds that they lost after he could have been ruled, you know, down. They could have blown the whistle or, or at least they could have lined up to try to spike the ball. And I counted 14 seconds. So as you mentioned, that's at least one play, uh, if not two, you know, depending on where you're at and how fast you can run a play. So it was definitely impactful. Well, some would say uh, it would I, take Ben Roethlisberger 15 seconds to wind <laughs> up and throw a ball these days. Well, it'll probably take 15 seconds for the ball after it leaves his hand to get to his target. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, you know, you, you're getting paid a lot of money, and, and this is your profession. You got to know when you can when you can celebrate and when you can't. And I, to me, it was just a bit of a bonehead mistake going back and actually looking at it. Um, yeah, he, he definitely made a big mistake, and uh, hopefully he learned from it. I know he's still a young guy, so, um, you know, whatever. As you mentioned, it's not like that necessarily cost him the game, but I feel like it didn't help, so yeah. <laughs> I guess it kind of hurt. Yeah, and anyone who watched the uh, Vikings uh, goal on defense as they were trying to protect against a touchdown last week, uh, you want to take as many shots as you can uh, down there because they might uh, continue to be in prevent and uh, protect against uh, the back of that end zone. Uh, so, yeah, that, you know, it cost them. And, you know, you, you try to be like maybe he just, you know, was in college mindset, but, you know, he's – been in the league now three years so it's not really one of those where it's totally excusable as in he's a rookie and it's his 10th week and he you know is celebrating because a first down automatically stops the clock and like college he's been around enough to know so you know uh disappointing uh especially since I had a 
small wager on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I was about to be very excited that the uh, I was on the other side of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, uh, ineptitude, basically, of the ability to close out games. But uh, we'll get into the rest of uh, week 14. We'll see how we can uh, find five mutual picks here. We'll start out with uh, another division game here for the Baltimore Ravens going to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Cleveland Browns sit as two-and-a-half-point favorites, 42-and-a-half points is the total here. Half point for the Cleveland Browns on the uh, over uh, in the uh, first half and uh, 20 and a half on the over under in the first half here. Uh, This is an interesting game. Lamar Jackson has been struggling for a couple weeks here. Uh, Baltimore's found ways to win games up into the point of last week versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have the Marlon Humphrey situation. He goes down. I I mean, I don't even know what type of corners Baltimore is going to throw out there. Uh, But that being said, if there's a team where it it might not matter who your corners are, uh, Cleveland Browns is probably one of those teams that uh, I wouldn't put a huge factor on that. You know, I'd be really scared to take Cleveland on the minus two and a half. But I don't know if I can really uh, convince myself to take the underdog here in the Baltimore Ravens. I, I'm i just in a wait-and-see sort of mode. If you were asking me who I'd say would win the game, I'd just lean towards Baltimore based on they've been able to win games uh, this season, uh, close ones, and Cleveland has not. But uh, I, I have no real analysis. These teams probably sit in that same, you know, we'll probably say this 50 times, that same middle area where I don't know what I'm getting Uh game to game, snap to snap, basically play to play from either of these teams. Yeah. I, you know, I, I gotta say, I agree with everything you said, you know, I'm, I'm really torn as far as which way I'm leaning in this game. And it's not because I like both teams equally as much. I think Baltimore Ravens right now are a better team than the Browns are. Um, but just looking at the slate of games this weekend, you know, to me, there's a, there's a couple of games in there where I'm like, I know who the favorite is. And I know who I'd probably lean towards if I was making those picks. Um, but most of the games this week, I'm, I'm really torn. I don't know uh, which way to lean. Either the spread is just way too crazy or yeah, um, we'll get to a couple. I of could those. see. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few of them out there. I, I pull out of my head this week. It's, it's slim pickings for me at least, but I mean, if I had to really roll with a team, uh, which I'm actually going to, uh, we'll get into that later on, but I, I like the Ravens in this one simply because I feel like they're probably a little more desperate situation as far as, uh, you know, based off last week's results, uh, what they need, the outcome they need this week. So I'm leaning a little more towards the Ravens in this one. Yeah, and then you, I just, I go look at football outsiders and their DVOA stuff, and, you know, Baltimore is 16, Cleveland is 14. Uh, And, you know, their weighted DVOA varying in their, like, schedule strength and stuff like that, it's 16-15. Baltimore's offense is 19th, Cleveland's offense is 13, Baltimore's defense is 24, Cleveland's is 16. It's just, these teams are so similar that it's sort of hot and cold what you're getting. I, I think you just lean Baltimore based on their ability to win. I, I think I'd look a little bit at the red zone stats. Cleveland's offense in the red zone is 21st. Baltimore's defense is second in the red zone. Baltimore's offense is seven. Cleveland's defense is 23rd. And, and basically, I think that's 
pretty much the difference in these two teams. Baltimore's been able to make plays when it matters. I don't think Cleveland has been able to make plays when it matters so far this year. So that's where I'd lean Baltimore. But I, I just I don't know what sort of Baltimore team we're getting, especially uh, with the corner situation here. It, it it wouldn't be something I'd really grab until I see uh, what Baltimore's throwing out there corner-wise. Uh, you know, we might have a situation like, you know, where Tampa Bay, where everybody can throw on them, and uh, Baltimore's offense has not been Tampa Bay's offense so far this year. Yeah, and listen, every single thing you said is one of the reasons why picking Baltimore gave me a little bit of pause, but as I mentioned, there's very few games this week that I actually like uh, or that I feel comfortable with the spread that they're providing. And basically what it came down to was who do I trust more to make plays uh, in a game, especially when it comes to the air attack. I listen, I like Baker Mayfield. I think he's, he's a good quarterback, but to me, he's not the guy who's going to lead you to a victory. He can't, he can do it from time to time because he's got the skill set too, but I think he's best suited to just be a game manager, not to bring you from behind. He's best suited to have a lead. Um, whereas in Baltimore, on the other hand, I feel like, their situation is a little bit different. I feel like they have the ability uh, to make a comeback if they're, if they're falling behind and if they're ahead, they, they got the ability to close out a game. I, as you mentioned, I think both these teams are pretty equal and they're pretty, uh, you know, level, but again, it's more of a gut feeling and just kind of what I think uh, the way the game's going to play out. Yeah, definitely. So, so uh, it's early. Uh, I, I don't know if we want to bank like Baltimore plus two and a half in our maybes, uh, but uh, it, it's not one I really even want to put in the maybes. I, I, I sort of marked this as like an auto, uh, you know, uh, mark off in my slate. So uh, what what do you think? Put it in the maybes or just cross it off and see what we got uh, living life further down the slate here? Listen, a couple of when it came to the games and as we recorded our show um i started making picks because you, you started saying certain things that made a lot of sense to me uh so it got me to actually you know take a few more picks than i originally was planning on taking so i'm kind of hoping that's the way it's going to go this week so if you want to hold off on this one and just kind of push to the side I, i'm totally down for that because as i mentioned i don't really know which way it's going to go it's more of a gut feeling with me yeah, uh, let's uh, push this one aside for right now. Let's uh, get on to the next one. Uh, I, uh, this is one of the lines where I, I'm just, I I can't believe it's this high, but then, you know, I watched Jacksonville play last week, and I can. Uh, the Titans, eight-and-a-half-point favorites here at home uh, versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, theoretically, A.J. Brown is going to play uh, in this game. How healthy he is, I, I don't know. My, my guess is he's probably not all that healthy. Uh, but, you know, him standing at least in a receiver spot at least makes somebody guard somebody on the outside there. Uh, you know, but uh, if you look at Tennessee's offense since Derrick Henry has been out, uh, it, it's, you know, bottom, bottom tier uh, of the NFL. We're talking in the area of the Jets, of the Texans. So, uh Eight and a half points, even as bad as Jacksonville's been. That just seems like a, a, a very, very large spread to me. Uh, so I, I'm curious your take on this game. It, it, are you liking that eight and a half point spread, or is this just a. I, I can't make myself take Jacksonville again because they've been so awful, but 
I, I don't want anything to do with Tennessee on an eight and a half point spread here. Yeah, listen, I understand the whole logic behind it. I understand why the spread is what it is. Obviously, we all saw Jacksonville play last week versus the Rams, uh, and they made the Rams look like, you know, one of the better teams, uh, something they haven't looked by week. As you mentioned, you you got receivers somewhat healthier. Um, so I get the logic behind that spread, but I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Um, you're talking about two teams that know each other pretty well, and you saw what Houston did to Tennessee the last time we tried to pick a heavy favorite within the division, and they got they got beat, plain and simple. So uh, even though Jacksonville's really bad, and I think Tennessee is much better than they are, even without Derrick Henry, I just can't I just can't bring myself to take any action in this game. Uh, I feel like there's just too many variables that could go either way. Yeah, definitely so. And uh, ouch, um, he, rooting for an extra touchdown or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, you know, you start looking at the uh, DVOA numbers. Now, you know, uh, DVOA has not liked Tennessee pretty much all year long. Now, I get some of that because they've won, you know, a handful of freaky games, especially early, uh, you know, that were decided by a freaky possession. But Tennessee's uh, total DVOA on offense has now dropped all the way down to 22. Uh, you know, granted, Jacksonville's is 27. Uh, Defensive-wise, Tennessee is 23. Jacksonville's 31. So, yes, Tennessee has a little advantage, but I, I think if you saw these numbers, uh, overall total DVOA, Jacksonville's 30. Tennessee is only 22 in total DVOA. Now, you know, uh, like I said, that's – they haven't liked Tennessee all year long. It certainly hurts them that they have two losses to the Texans and the Jets. That never helps your, you know, overall numbers. Uh, but, you know, I just, like I said, maybe if Henry was there, I'd be a little bit more aggressive towards this. But I I've just watched this offense play too many times uh, since Henry's been there. And they're totally reliant on turnovers. Now, A.J. Brown coming back, but I don't know his health status. So I, I'm a no-go on this either side. I, I'm not going to take Jacksonville, at least until I see Trevor Lawrence throw a touchdown pass, you know, once again in an NFL game. So this is another one I'm a scratch off on. Uh, the 43-and-a-half over under, I, I might lean a little bit under here. Uh, but once again, e even there, I don't think you can play a ton of unders with Jacksonville considering how bad they've been. So that that would scare me overall there. I, I Once again, I'm a total scratch off on this one. I, I didn't know if you had a, a thought on one side or the other, or we uh, just put a big red Sharpie through this one as well. Well, I did. I did listen, I, wasn't, I looked at the spread. And I'm like, I'm not taking this no matter what. Um, but I did peek at that over under and, and it interested me a little bit. Um, as you mentioned, I, I can't do anything with Jacksonville until I see them actually play some good offense. So that's one of the reasons why I was leaning maybe a little more towards the under. And then again, I thought about how bad uh, Tennessee's defense has looked at some points. Now, yes, they've also looked good. They've had some good games. But overall, I think it's more of a bend, don't break type of defense that they've, they've put up so far this season. And But they've been good. Um, it's just, I would hate it for it to be that one game where the defense performs really bad and Trevor Lawrence tends to go off and we end up with a, a high scoring shootout between two mediocre teams. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I was going to say the other thing is Jacksonville is not, 
you know, I, I thought they'd get a lot of cheap late touchdowns. Uh, and, and they have not done that this season. But at some point, I have to believe that they're just going to start getting cheap late touchdowns. Now, you know, it, it may be my version of insanity thinking that's going to keep happening, and it never does. But I have to think at some point they're just going to let Lawrence wing it and try to get some cheap numbers here when they're blown out of games, which has been probably my greatest mystery here. Like even, you know, thinking about last week, why the hell couldn't he get one or two cheap touchdowns there at the end when the game doesn't matter, the other team's defense, you know, the Rams who have been playing, you know, sort of soft coverage all year long. Why couldn't they get a couple cheap touchdowns, you know, there at the very end when the Rams were basically just set in a base zone? I, I just, I, I think at some point Jacksonville's going to get some of those. So that would scare me off that under as well. And there's no way I think you could convince me to take a Jacksonville over so far this year because I haven't been able to put points on the board even when they've won a couple games. Yeah, listen, it's just it's too many red flags for, for me to feel comfortable advising anyone to take any action on this game. Uh, if you had to take action, I completely understand. I might take some action on this one just for fun, but as far as like advising, I I can't advise anybody to take anything on this. Yeah. All right. Uh, This next one uh, coming up, one of the better games of the week. This was one of those, these lines. I I was stunned uh, at uh, the Las Vegas Raiders go to the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, The chiefs are 10 point favorites here. Uh, I was stunned. This was this high. Uh, I mean, I know the Raiders have not looked great, but they haven't been, like, beaten by, you know, double digits in most of these games. And I don't know what anybody's watched with the Chiefs so far this year. They've won a lot of games, but they aren't winning by 10. And, uh, you know, the Raiders have sort of had their number the last couple of years, so 10 just seemed like an awful lot. Over-under sits at 48, first half, 5 and a half, 23 and a half on the uh, – uh, over under in the first half, uh, you know, uh, of bets this week, I- I'm really, uh, you know, heavy on the Raiders here because, you know, I- I've watched a lot of Chiefs and unless something comes very different to what we've seen all year long, how are they covering a 10 point spread in a division game here uh, when they've barely been able to score, you know, over about 24 points a game here recently. So I'm curious your take on this game and what do you make of this 10-point spread? Well, I mean, listen. When they met up with the Raiders. Um, and the Raiders ended up beating them. They were more physical. They, they, they basically punched them in the face, punched them in the nose, and the Chiefs just took it, and they laid down. And that's the reason why the Raiders were able to win that game. Um, now the Raiders are in a bit of a turmoil this season. They've had issues basically from the beginning, from the get-go, whether it be player related, coach related, they've had issues all season long. Um, there was a moment there where I thought, okay, maybe they're, they're going to turn it around and they're going to rally, you know, and, and kind of get something going. Uh, but it seems as if that window has closed and uh, this is the Raiders team we're going to get. Even with that, what have people been seeing in, from this Kansas City? Now, listen, this defense for the Kansas City has been playing better over the last couple of weeks. They're not great, but they've been playing better. But that offense, they've done absolutely nothing, whether it's their running attack or their passing attack. They've been porous basically all season long, which is not something we're used to seeing. So 
a 10 point spread. I, I don't understand it either. It's, it's shocking to me. Um, I, I'm with you there. I, I like the Raiders. I, I'm not brave enough to jump on it just because of how much drama the Raiders have been dealing with. But yeah, I mean, if, if I had to, I'm, I'm jumping on the Raiders getting 10 points. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, in the AFC, you, you know, we, we talked about the parody here. Uh, the Raiders are basically one game out of uh, being a five seat here. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, the Chargers sit at seven and five. The Raiders sit at six and six. So, I mean, they're two games back of the Chiefs in the division. I don't think they can catch them. But, you know, you win a head-to-head matchup and you go to 7-6. and six. Uh, I'm assuming a couple of these teams in the mix here lose. We've already seen the Steelers lose. Uh, you know, Cleveland and Baltimore are playing. So one of those teams is going to get a loss uh, this week. Uh, the Bills are going down to Tampa Bay to play a matchup like as much as you know, we've been disappointed in the Raiders. They're still six and six. They're still, you know, a win. <laughs> they're probably sitting in a six seed here in the playoff mix. So it's not like it's one of those where, uh, you know, it's totally time to shut down on the season. Uh, last week the offense didn't look great, but they were still fourteen fourteen. You know, right there in that game before the Redskins uh, or the Washington Football Team kicked a you know, game-winning field goal. The week before, they beat Dallas, uh, you know. So they're still right there. So I don't see any reason why they wouldn't play hard in this game. Uh, You know, the offense, granted, has been able to pick apart the Chiefs. We'll see if they can pick apart this Chiefs team. Uh, But this is more a bet on that Chiefs offense, uh, which has just gone into basically a ball possession, ball control uh, sort of team where they hold the ball, uh, they lead the league in time of possession, and they're just going to sort of not put their defense in bad situations, not put themselves in bad situations, hold the ball, score a couple touchdowns here, and uh, sort of walk away with a victory here. So I think 10 points uh, really is uh, a lot, especially in a division game versus uh, a team they've struggled with, uh, certainly in the last uh, you know couple meetings here. Yeah, I mean, if that's how you feel about it, I think that the Raiders are probably uh, should be a lock for our first pick. Um, as, I, as I said, if I had to take a pick, I would take the Raiders here. Uh, I'm, I'm just a little more hesitant than you are simply because uh, I look at the at the whole season uh, and, you know, I count that towards uh, whether I'm making a pick or not. So, But I, I feel, like I said, at 10 points, I feel like it's pretty much a gimme. Uh, you have to take the Raiders. It's a smart move, in my opinion. So if you're if you're that confident, in, I say the Raiders should be our first pick. I think the Raiders should be our uh, first pick, and we'll take those ten points, especially with the way underdogs have been covering this year. Uh, so our first pick, uh, the oh, Las Vegas Raiders here. I, I'm really <laughs> curious about this next one because uh, I, I sort of want to get your feel on this game um, because I, I think I might be insane, but then a part of me just says, you know. Go for it here. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, minus five and a half for the New York Jets here. Uh, over-under sits at 43. First half, minus three. Over-under sits at 21 and a half. Now, we, we saw a little bit better play from Zach Wilson, you know, last week uh, with the Jets. Uh, but the Jets defense really got carved up by those uh, Philadelphia Eagles team uh, with Gardner Minshew. Uh, the Saints... 
I thought the defense looked uh, better, you know, uh, a week ago on Thursday night football. Uh, but then you had Taysom Hill uh, throw four picks. Now, some of that might have be because he, for some reason, they kept him in when he had a splint on his middle finger uh, of his throwing hand, mind you. Not his offhand, his throwing hand. Uh, I guess he's going to play again with something on his finger, that, he, and he's going to play quarterback. Uh, Kamara is going to play in this game, which is really my big feel here. I, I think the Saints shut down the Jets here. I, I think they get back on track with a win. Uh, that five and a half just is scaring me a little. But I think the Saints blow this one out. I, I'm curious your feel on this one. Is it too many points for the Saints team who hasn't played well basically since that Tampa Bay win? I, I think it was about four or five weeks ago. Listen, I was already leaning towards the Saints and not because of the offense and not because they're playing the Jets. I just think that the Saints defense – uh, several times this season has, has become a shutdown defense. Now, I know they've had some bad games here and there, uh, but I feel like they step up for the games that they have to win uh, defensively. And now you're talking about Kamara being back. I think that adds a whole different dynamic to that offense, especially with Taysom Hill. Yeah, you know, he, he didn't look great last week, but I feel like with Kamara there, at least in the backfield, it opens up the playbook, uh, you know, for more like gadget plays and trick plays that he can run. So it makes me feel a little more comfortable. I know that five and a half is not something you'd normally like to take or I normally like to take, but I like the Saints in this one. Yeah, I was going to say um, it, it wasn't just Taysom Hill. His receivers are uh, basically just brutal. Uh, I, I mean, a couple of those passes he, he threw on the money and they just dropped them. That would have, you know, sort of flipped that game. And then they started having to force stuff uh, to try to, you know, catch up. Uh, with the Cowboys there late. So, you know, that being said, it was, you know, a one-possession game before that pick six, uh, you know, for the Cowboys. So I, I will say that defense kept them in the game. You look at the numbers here, uh, New Orleans defense still number five in, in total DVOA. Uh, the Jets have actually dropped to 32 in total DVOA and defense. Uh, offensively, Jets at 24, Saints at 21. So, and, and you look at the uh, just overall total DVOA, Saints at 13, Jets at 28. So I think this Saints team is still pretty good. They've had a bad run of luck here with some injuries. Uh, and, and now that Kamara's back, I think this offense uh, gets much, much better, especially now that you don't have to rely on those poor receivers, uh, you know, to really sort of try to make plays down the field. You can go back to swinging the ball out to Kamara. He can get his 8- to 12-yard pass plays. You could sort of mix it up now in the run game with Ingram, uh, with Kamara, with Taysom Hill, and see what you got there. And maybe if uh, uh, Taysom Hill isn't, you know, throwing the ball well because of his middle finger, uh, I don't fear Simeon as much if he has Kamara there as sort of, uh, you know, safety blanket to protect you. So uh, I know this five and a half, it's sitting there to scare you off. I don't think they want, you know, people to take it because I think if they had made it like four and a half, I think people would be all on that jumping on it. You make it five and a half, you start getting people a little bit nervous here. So I think the five and a half is okay, especially what we've seen from the Jets. Uh, the only thing I'd say is maybe weather comes into play and is a little bit of a factor. Uh, but I don't know with the way the Saints team plays uh, that it's that kind of thing. They're going to be 
tight shift, run the ball in defense. It's not like those old school Drew Brees teams uh, where they're spacing everybody out and throwing, you know, 50 times a game here. Uh, this is a much different type Saints team. So I don't factor in the weather quite as much here. Yeah, I mean, if you, like I said, I like the Saints before we even started talking about them. Uh, a little, was a little weary about that spread, but now with Kamara there, it gives me a little more confidence. So I, I feel like Saints should be our second pick. All right, uh, we got two in a row. Saints at uh, minus five and a half on the road over the New York Jets. Uh, next up, uh, interesting game in the division here. Dallas Cowboys, four and a half point favorites. I thought this one was a little bit big as well, uh, especially with Micah Parsons kind of beat up. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play uh, or not. Uh, that was... You know, that really, uh, if Parsons is, uh, you know, out uh, for this Cowboys game, I, I'm very, very nervous about this Dallas defense because I, I think he's been carrying him. But I think he'll probably be a go, but he's certainly beat up. So uh, that plays a factor in this. Washington, four and a half point underdogs, 48 on the uh, over under, three on the first half, 23 and a half on the uh, first half over under. I don't know if I could quite commit to Washington here on a bet at four and a half. Uh, this might be one I talk myself into by Sunday. Uh, I'm curious your feel and your take on this game. We saw, uh, you know, Dallas come back with the receivers and, and looked a little bit better in the air. Uh, I still thought they didn't look great uh, versus the Saints last week. It, it took four turnovers and a couple plays in those closing minutes to really blow them out. Uh, Washington's been hot. Uh, you know, Zeke's been beat up. Pollard popped up on the injury list this week. So I'm curious your feel on this game. Are, are you feeling Washington here, or is this sort of a let's not jump on Washington because they won a couple games here, 17-15 on last-second field goals? You know, if you if we were talking about at the beginning of the season, I would say that Dallas is a much better team. Uh, and I still think talent-wise they're a much better team. But, you know, as they currently sit right now, the way they've both been playing over and, um, and you, you know, you throw into the mix injuries and uh, you know, coaching and, and coaching decisions. And obviously you heard McCarthy say that uh, he guarantees a win this week. So that was the big story coming out of Dallas. Uh, I just, I think these two, both of these teams are too even. It's a little too close for comfort. And because of that, I, I have no pick. I have no lean. Um, I was kind of hoping that you'd talk me into something here, but I mean, if I, if I really had to, I guess I would have to lean towards the Cowboys, but I'm not taking any action on this one just because I feel like both these teams are a lot closer than it actually appears on paper. Yeah. I, I think my, I, I'm a, of two brains here. My gambling brain says, take the points, take Washington at home. This will be a close tight game. And then there's this stupid feel that I think Dallas blows this one out. You know, we've gotten a little push from Washington. Like I mentioned, both Montez Sweat and uh, Chase Young have been out for four weeks, and all of a sudden their defense is finally, for some reason, up to par. I, I assume, once again, I, I'm, I feel like I'm repeating myself, you know, from last week. I assume at some point that balance is out, and, and you know, uh, Washington being without its two of its top probably four players on defense eventually shows up. Their secondary played really, really bad up to about five weeks ago. Uh, if somebody's going to take advantage of that, it's Dallas. 
I don't know if I go to the point where I take four and a half, but my brain is saying this is going to be a blowout game. Don't buy into Washington. But my gambling side of me says Washington is getting four and a half points. Uh, they've been playing well for the last handful of weeks. You watch Ron Rivera and his trends. This is sort of what he does. Starts slow, builds up to the end, and by that time, Washington's playing pretty well. And if you look at, like, last year's playoff, uh, the same thing sort of happened. They probably gave Tampa Bay the biggest scare of anybody all along that ride. So, you know, if Washington continues this trend up, I think we both think the Dallas is sort of started to lay the foundation for a first-round uh, playoff upset. Now, that being said, it seems destined that the Cowboys and Rams are going to do battle in that first-round playoff matchup. I don't know which one is leaning more to destiny of a first-round playoff uh, loss, uh, but uh, it, it's just an interesting game, man. I, I just... Gambling brain says take Washington. What I'm feeling is Dallas blows this one out. So I, I just think I, I can't give a, a pick in there somewhere. Yeah, I feel the exact same way you do. As I mentioned, uh, you know, earlier this season, I would have said Dallas is a much better team. Uh, right now, I think they're more on par. They're more even. Uh, and because of that, even though uh, Washington has been playing really good football, uh, I can't bring myself to make a pick here. So uh, for me, this is a pass. Yeah, I, I think this one is going to have to be, you know, a pass as well. Um, this next one's going to be uh, quite interesting. Um, I, I think anyone who probably gambles on this uh, should probably call the hotline <laughs> for a gambling issue. The Atlanta Falcons go to the Carolina Panthers. The uh, Panthers are three-point favorites here. 41-and-a-half is the uh, over-under, one-and-a-half on the first half. 20-and-a-half is the over-under. Um, from everything I'm reading, uh, for some reason, Cam Newton is going to be the starting quarterback uh, for the Carolina Panthers. Um, that being said... I have no interest in taking the Atlanta Falcons here. Uh, so, no Christian McCaffrey. Cam Newton is the starting quarterback. I don't know how long a leash. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, uh, got fired uh, over the weekend for the Carolina Panthers uh, on their bye week. Uh, that seemed a little bizarre, especially since, you know, two years ago, they were paying him a, a ton of money to leave LSU and come be the offensive coordinator. Uh, I was also a little curious what they wanted him to do. Uh, you give him Sam Darnold, uh, you give him Ken Newton uh, in this day and age, uh, and no Christian McCaffrey. Uh, what offense did you want him to run? I know they said they wanted him to run the ball more, but uh, you wanted him to run the ball more with Chuba Hubbard. Uh, so, you know, I don't quite understand what's going on there in Carolina, but I can't take the Falcons. Uh, so I I'm curious what you think of this game. Yeah, I, I want nothing to do We are probably the epitome of Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, so far this season, though, it's, it's been less less Jekyll and a lot more Hyde. They've been a pretty bad team so far this season. Um, and to me, this has the recipe of a complete upset. You know, I'd take Carolina if I had to, and, and I feel like uh, as soon as I turn the game on, uh, the Falcons are going to be up big in this one, and Cap Newton's going to start throwing picks. And honestly, 
if Cam wasn't the starting quarterback, I'd probably feel a little better taking Caroline in this one. And it's not to say that, you know, PJ is much better because uh, I don't think that's the case. I just think that he's a better quarterback he right can now. Throw the ball uh, forward at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, that makes such a huge difference. Uh, you know, no McCaffrey there that completely takes a sale out of my boat. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pass on this one. I don't think that there's much you can take unless you're either a Falcons fan or a Carolina fan. I don't think there's much here to take. Yeah. Uh, you know, Everything I'm reading says Carolina's going to come out and, like, pound the ball. Um, you know, I, I guess that's what you have to do if Cam Newton's going to be your quarterback. But granted, that's giving the Falcons uh, a lot of credit that they know what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. But, I, I mean, you you can't tell me Chuba Hubbard, Cam Newton are going to sit there and be able to pull off what New England pulled off, you know, the week before. So... I'm betting on a team that's going to hand the ball to Chuba Hubbard 25 times and run Cam Newton up the mill, what, 15 times? Uh, That I don't trust as a favorite here. And, you know, I guess if you'd go one side of the ball I'd trust, it'd probably be the Carolina defense. But, you know, what what are they supposed to do if Cam Newton goes 2 of 14 with two picks again? You're, you could have, you know, the 86 Bears out there. They're still going to lose the game. So uh, I, I think this is a, another cross-off unless you have some uh, feel. Uh, the only thing I could think of is maybe take the under at 41 and a half here. But that's a pretty low under. Uh, so I, I don't know if there's really a play in this game at all. Yeah, I looked at that over-under also, and – to be completely honest with you, I could see it go both ways. You know, as I mentioned, I could see the it, it could be one of those games where the Falcons just play really good, really tight offense, and they really involve their big tight end, uh, and they just kind of throw it all over the place. They, we've obviously seen them put up points and put up uh, numbers as far as uh, Matt Ryan is concerned, but, you know, we've also seen them perform badly, and I don't want to be on the, on, on the losing side of either, either. I don't want to be on the winning side either. Uh, to be completely honest with you, I just don't want anything to do with this game because I, I really have no feel for which way it's going to go. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is, once again, one of those uh, red Sharpie markoffs. Uh, you know, next up, I, I'm interested your feel on this game because uh, uh, this spread is basically ludicrous. Uh, but, I mean, uh, with Davis Mills starting at quarterback for Houston, uh, what we've seen from them. Uh, but the Seattle Seahawks are eight and a half point favorites, 40 and a half on the uh, total here, uh, four and a half first half, 20 and a half on the over under. I, I really want to take Seattle here, but I mean, I think I need you to convince me to take eight and a half for Seattle. Uh, I know how bad Houston is, but how is Seattle eight and a half point favorites? over anybody, uh, you know, especially on the road. I Granted, road has not been what it is, but, I mean, how can you trust Seattle at 8.5, even after winning that game last week versus San Francisco? And that being said, uh, they were, like, trying to give that game away, but uh, San Francisco decided to go into their mode where they didn't want to win either. So, Seattle 8.5, where are you sitting? Where's your mindset on this game? Yeah, this line is ridiculous, uh, and, and I'll tell you why. First of all, I know that, that Houston's a bad team, okay? Uh, and they're probably going to get completely blown out. That being said, 
Seattle's hasn't really been much better. I know that this, this spread is based off of the performance of last week versus a San Francisco 49ers team, which also has been very underwhelming. Uh, I know they have wins and I know they've, they've played some tough teams and they've beat these tough teams, but you look at the 49ers overall, it's been a very underwhelming season for them and they haven't been performing. This spread, I believe is a result of last week's performance but Seattle has not been playing well. You know, even when I give the benefit of the doubt, I like Russell Wilson. I think he's actually one of the most explosive quarterbacks, one of the most entertaining quarterbacks to watch. But you look at him play this season, something's not right there. I, I have no idea whether it's with him, whether it's with the locker room or the coaching staff. And to take, take Seattle at having to win by nine points, even against Houston, uh, as bad as they've been playing. So for me, I'm a no-go. I know you were expecting me to sell you on this, but I really can't, and I can't do this to you. Yeah, I, I understand that. And, you know, if you could tell me that they're going to get a 73-yard punt fake return for a touchdown, and they're going to get two interceptions uh, inside their 20-yard line, I might be more convinced that Seattle can do that. But, I mean, even last week, that's how they scored their points. They got a couple timely turnovers. They had a fake punt. They, you know, they drove and scored maybe two actual touchdowns, which is pretty much what they've been doing since Russell Wilson came back. You know, about 14 to 17 points. On a nine-point line, if you're telling me you're scoring 14 to 17 points, uh, I want no part of that, even if I think, you know, Houston probably will struggle to score. Uh, but it's not like Seattle's defense has been some sort of lockdown machine here. And, uh, you know, Jamal Adams is now out for the season. Uh, you know, that being said, he hadn't been all that good this year anyway. But you lose a starting safety, you're losing another piece of your defense. Uh, so I just, it's probably too much. I thought maybe you'd tell me you believe in Seattle and they're going to make the wonder push uh, to get into the playoffs, uh, which, you know, basically if they win this game, uh, we're once again going to have to bring them back into the fold. Uh, but uh, I, I'm amazing. just not willing to go out on that eight and a half point limb, uh, even if uh, I do think it's a number set there to scare you and the uh, Texans might get blown out in this one. Yeah, I, I want no part in this game. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think Seattle will probably end up winning this game. And if you look at that over-under, Vegas seems to think that this is going to be a very one-sided scoring matchup. Even with all that, I just can't bring myself to take Seattle. Yeah, uh, it should be said that the uh, Vikings are one game out of the uh, last playoff spot at 6-7. and seven. So that should pretty much wrap everything up and tell you that uh, – Pretty much everybody is still in the mix. Even uh, the Chicago Bears are still lowly hanging season. on there. It's been a very weird season. <laughs> you say weird. I say a lot of bad teams to watch play football. Uh, this one's going to be a fun one. I, I, I'm curious uh, uh, how you came to grips with looking at this spread, but the uh, Detroit Lions <laughs> are at the Denver Broncos. Um Somehow the Denver Broncos are 10 and a half point favorites. Um, 42 over under five and a half on the uh, total here over under 21 in the first half. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think Denver wins this one, but uh, 10 and a half. Uh, I, I just can't get there. Uh, even if 
you know, Detroit is atrocious. And I'm assuming that the Denver Broncos will do what the Vikings didn't do in the first half and probably throw a blitz or two at Jared Goff. Uh, You know, it it seemed to work the previous, I don't know, six years that he's been in the league, why the Vikings decided not to do it in the first half or when they were driving down for the game-winning touchdown. I don't know. But uh, 10 and a half. um, Unless Peyton Manning, a healthy Peyton Manning is coming back through that door. Uh, I'm a no-go on this one. Yeah, listen, I got to be honest with you. And this is this has got no analysis behind it. It's got no insight. This is just a feeling. And maybe uh, I'm still a little, um, I'm, I'm still a little high off the win last week with Detroit. But I kind of like Detroit here, not to win the game, but to cover the spread. Uh, because Denver's not really like, uh, you know, they're not really turning heads. I know they've had a couple of good games this season, but listen, I, I don't know. As I said, this is more of a feeling. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take it. I'm, I'm not going to, but they're going to find a way to, to actually cover this spread. I know that, you know, you're like, whoa, 10 and a half point spread. Oh, you know, big cojones on you. I get it. It's a huge spread, but I, I've got a weird feeling that they're going to find a way to cover the spread. They're going to keep it close enough. I still think Denver wins. I still think they're a better team, but I don't think they're much better. So, you know, yeah, I'm going to be a pass on this as well, but I just thought I'd drop that in there for you. Um, one thing to mention though, before we move on, um, there might be a small chance that Denver plays really tough, uh, especially if they go into a whole, you know, honor situation with the whole Demaryius Thomas situation that went down a couple of days ago. So, that's also something to uh, keep in mind. Yeah, that's definitely probably. I, I know they're going to do a tribute for him, I, I think, uh, before the game. Sad situation there, Demarius Thomas passing away. He was a he was a fun receiver to watch uh, during those, uh, you know, Peyton Manning years. Uh, he also caught that big, uh, you know, overtime touchdown pass for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, with Tim Tebow, uh, which won me a ton of money. Uh, uh, that was a 340 underdog playoff win. Mind you, so sad situation with Demarius Thomas passing away. Uh, I don't know if that vaults him to a win, and I, I don't know if that vaults him to a ten and a half point win. I, I did want to touch on uh, Denver. I'm assuming wins this game. That would bring them to seven and six, which would then probably put them in the uh, six or seven <laughs> uh, seed in the playoffs. And then I, I took a peek at their schedule, and uh, it's Lions, Bengals, Raiders. Chargers Chiefs to close it out. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm I'm a little nervous that Denver Broncos team is going to be one of the teams that ends up in the playoffs here. Um, I don't know if we've seen a worse team uh, to end up in the playoffs. Uh, not even said Tim Tebow playoff team that won a game. Uh, that defense was at least uh, possibly one of the top two defenses in the league that year. Uh, but I feel like Denver might be going on a run here, but uh, the 10 and a half I can't take. I don't know if I could quite grab that 10 and a half Detroit Lions, uh, especially going up to Denver there. But so uh, I'm probably a red Sharpie on this unless you have a, any sort of play on anything in this game at all. No, no, I, I will say that I might give in and <laughs> jump on that Lion bandwagon come Sunday. Um, I really hope I don't. Uh, cause it's cost me so far this season, but, uh, 
I, I don't know why. I just have this weird feeling. Maybe just because lack of sleep. I haven't slept much lately. Yeah, uh, definitely so. All right, uh, we'll move on uh, to our next game here. Uh, this one's an interesting one here. Um, Is it? Is it really? <laughs> well, no, it's interesting spread-wise because uh, I'm curious how you want to go with it. But the New York Giants uh, visit the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, this team should never, ever be nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, that being said, the New York Giants, I think, are going to play Jake Fromm at, at quarterback. Uh, six and a half first half, 43 over under total, 21 and a half first half over under total. I think this is a blowout, but nine and a half with the Chargers. I can't live in that world uh, because they will do something stupid. And if Saquon Barkley is ever going to be able to run the ball, it'll probably be versus this Chargers team. But I, I want to take this Chargers team. And, and you know, I've been mentioned in playoffs, the Chargers are seven and five. You assume I, they win this game and that goes to eight and five, which probably puts them in pretty safe ground to grab that spot. So, I, I mean, I can't say how important this game is for the Chargers because they're basically getting a freebie here playing the New York Giants' fourth-string quarterback, basically, uh, in this game. Uh, so, is is there enough to take nine and a half here, or is that just... Uh, we've all watched the Chargers play, and we can't do that. Well, this is the thing. If you've watched enough Chargers games you're tempted to take that spread regardless because they're going up against the New York giants. You know, we've seen the San San Diego, we've seen the LA chargers uh, put up really good offensive numbers. Their biggest issue so far this season has been their defense. They just can't stop anybody. Uh, I don't think that's too much of a concern when you're talking about uh, the current Giants roster uh, makeup and all the injuries that they're dealing with. So I think if you're taking that spread, you, you got to feel at least a little comfortable knowing that, you know, you're going up best mentioned with, to really start to fold uh, as the game progresses to me the safer play here I know it's a big spread for a half but uh, going up against the Giants with the type of offense they run I kind of like that six and a half for the first half Uh, I feel like the Chargers tend to play really well for a half and then they let teams back into it so that'd be the only concern for me taking that full nine and a half Um, I feel a lot better taking that six and a half even though it's big for for a half Yeah, I, and I like that Chargers first a half. They came out aggressive. If they come out aggressive again, uh, they should be able to blow this game out. So I, I think first half, Chargers at six and a half, probably a good play there. Uh, you know, we'll, I, I'm really interested in the next game. Uh, so let's put that down as our third uh, of our mutuals on the uh, uh, Five. So number three, Chargers minus six and a half in the first half uh, versus the New York Giants. So uh, I, I think we're safe. Well, it'll you know be Chargers. Either they get down twenty-seven nothing or up twenty-seven nothing, and then it'll be a tie game with you know five minutes to go, <laughs> one way or the other. So uh, we're basically on a fifty-fifty shot that we uh, cover this one. Yeah, I like it. It's kind of like playing a coin flip. Yes. All right, uh, next up. This was the one I, I was speaking of 
San Francisco 49ers go to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are getting one and a half points here. 48 and a half on the total. Uh, five in the uh, first half. Uh, 0.5 in the first half. 23 and a half on the uh, over-under. I'm interested how you feel about this game. You know, uh, once again, Debo Samuel won't be there for the San Francisco 49ers. I think we saw that last week that really the engine for the San Francisco 49ers is Debo Samuel. I didn't think Garoppolo looked all that great uh, versus Seattle. Now they go across, uh, you know, uh, the country to play the Bengals. The Bengals are getting points here. I I thought that was... I was stunned that they were the ones that were the underdog here. I guess if you judge off last week's game, but I mean, if you really look at last week's game, uh, you know, you you have uh, that interception that was going to be an 80-yard touchdown by Jamar Chase, who for some reason ends up having the pass batted backwards and goes right into the Chargers hand. That's about a, you know, 14 point swing there. And then you have that mix and fumble that just happened to bounce right up into that Chargers guy's chest uh, for the scoop and score. Otherwise, I think the Bengals were going down and tying that game and we get a tight game. Uh, So one and a half for the Bengals. I'm really, uh, of my picks this week, I really like the Bengals this week. I think you know, without Debo Samuel in there for the 49ers. The 49ers have shown their colors. And I think overall the Bengals' defense probably can, you know, shut this Niners team down. Uh, They won't have the explosive plays that the uh, Chargers showed last week. So one and a half at home uh, as, you know, sort of finicky as the Bengals have been. I think this is sides with the Bengals here. I'm curious uh, what your read is on this game. Yeah, you know, I'm actually on the same boat as you. Uh, now, my brother's going to hate me for saying this, but without Debo in that 49ers lineup, they lose their Swiss Army knife. That guy does. The, even when it comes to blocking, he's a really good blocking wide receiver, uh, and he opens up a lot of things for guys like Kittle and the rest of the guys on the team. You know, we haven't seen a huge production from Ayuk this season, and I think that's one of the reasons why the team isn't performing as well. Uh, you know, when they both got a little more balanced, uh, Debo and I, they seem to play a little bit better uh, because defenses don't know which way to really line up. With all that being said, Debo's out. Um, Cincinnati getting a point and a half, that's basically a pick em, So I'm not going to put too much into that. Uh, but I, I do think there's going to be a defensive struggle. I think that both teams are going to step up defensively. Um, but I like the Bengals in this one. And not just do I like the Bengals. I, I, as I mentioned, I think it's going to be a defensive game. I also like the under in this game. I think that that over-under is set pretty high uh, for the potential of two teams showing up defensively. So I, I like the Bengals getting a point and a half at home, and I like the under at 48 and a half. Yeah, I, I could see that under. I, I'm also curious. The only thing you'd say against is what is Joe Burrow going to throw like uh, with that pinky finger? Um, you know, he seemed to throw pretty good with it, you know, the size of a, you know, a football almost. And, and, you know, like I said, he drilled that pass to chase and it was going to be a touchdown until, you know, it popped off his hands and batted back into the corner. And so I don't play that much into it. Uh, we'll see if that comes back to haunt him, but I just think, you know, we've we've sort of seen hot and cold on the Bengals' defense, but I, I don't think this Niners' offense is one of those that can really pressure this Bengals' defense and hit big explosive plays down the field uh, without 
you know, Debo Samuel there. So I, I really like the Bengals this week, and I, I think they'll be able to hit those big plays uh, on them as well with Chase, with Burrow, with Mixon. And their balance will just come into play and sort of beat up on uh, San Francisco here. And we've seen if San Francisco can't really get up on you and sort of play their style of football, uh, they really have no way of coming back in a game. So if Cincinnati gets up on them, I feel even more confident that they'll be able to run away with this game. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Bengals are our next one at one plus one and a half. All right, so you like to be under two at 48 and a half. I, I could see that, uh, definitely so. Uh, the only thing I'd worry about is uh, if a Burrow's finger is bothering him, then we got two quarterbacks who are going to be a little interception prone, and we start to get those uh, scary uh, defensive scores. Well, let me just – the reason why I like the under is, as you mentioned, you know, he didn't look horrible last week with the uh, pinky injury, but you also have to take into account that he was – from really feeling the pain of an injury. Um, and, and I think that if for whatever reason it hits him and it starts to like really uh, impact his, his throws, they'll depend a lot more on the run and mixing, uh, which tends to eat up the clock and keeps the score, the score low. So that's the only reason why I really was leaning more towards the under. Yeah. I, I think we should put it in the maybe column. Uh, Cause this next game up is the one I'm going to try to, see what your feeling is and see if this is probably our, our fifth pick because uh, I think the other two below it uh, were probably a, a definite no-go. I, I know for sure on Monday night we're probably a, a no-go, but uh, the 12-and-a-half point spread in the uh, Bears-Packers game, I'm assuming is uh, probably a no-go as well. So uh, the Buffalo Bills go to the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers here. Uh, Buffalo getting three-and-a-half points uh, versus Tampa Bay. Uh, this is a 53 and a half over under on this one, two and a half in the first half, 26 and a half on the over under. Now, uh, you know, I, I hammered Buffalo pretty good earlier in the week. Uh, I really hammered the coach, uh, for being his little whiny self after getting his butt handed to him, uh, by Bill Belichick. And I, I still just don't like that. Uh, but that being said, Buffalo's starting to get into, uh, a little bit of must-win situations here. Uh, they dropped this one. They dropped a 7-6, and six, and they get thrown right into that mix of, you know, all those teams that sit, you know, 5-7, and 6-6, six and six, you know, 7-5, and five, which they are right now. Uh, so getting 3.5 points versus Tampa Bay, I think this is a totally different matchup as well. One, Buffalo likes to throw the ball. Uh, Tampa Bay's strength, as you know, has been against the run, so Buffalo will be able to throw the ball, you know, on them. The second part of this, you saw Buffalo in the bad weather. They now go into Tampa where they're going to be in good weather. So I think that actually benefits them more than you'd think. Uh, you know, Buffalo was such a home field advantage, uh, you know, being in Buffalo. But I think their team lends itself to warm weather and dome situations. And we've seen Tampa's secondary really sort of be uh, – faltered uh, so far this year. So I think Buffalo can take advantage of that. I'm interested how Tampa Bay attacks this. You know, Buffalo lost their best corner two weeks ago. We didn't see really what that effect was versus New England. So I do look at this could be a shootout, but I, I don't think you can hit the over-under on this on 53 and a half on the over. 
But I think, uh, you know, we've sort of seen Tampa Bay sort of cruise and flow through the season. This game doesn't mean a ton to them. I think it means a lot more to Buffalo. They probably need to get that eighth win to sort of uh, protect themselves, you know, playoff-wise. So I think this is really, really an important game for the Bills, especially since the week after that, they're going right back against New England in New England. Uh, you can't feel totally confident you're going in there and winning after what you just went through the week before. So I really think this is a big game for Buffalo getting plus three and a half. I think the matchup lends itself in their favor a little bit more. Uh, that being said, I do think it'll be a little bit of a shootout. So I'm curious your feel on this game. You know, I said it uh, last, during our review show that Bills uh, would be looking up at the at the New England Patriots in the standings. You'd probably think that I was crazy, and and just even thinking about it right now, it seems crazy to me. Uh, you know, the the Bills, such a talented team. They played so well last season. Uh, you know, even this season, I know they dropped that first game, but after that, they went on a tear. They were just tearing people up by you know 21, 20, 30 points. They were they were winning by big. weeks you look at the record now and you would never believe me if I told you that they, these guys were winning by multiple touchdowns um, as you mentioned I think this game is very important for them they have a lot more to, you know to lose uh, Tampa Bay they win games they, they just win, win games regardless of who they're playing or what the situation may be they, they somehow manage to win games so I think they're probably going to be a little lackadaisical when it comes to this particular matchup I think it's more important for the Bills to win this matchup uh, and try to close the gap between them and the Patriots, especially when they're going to face them next week. So I guess if I, if I really had to choose, I, I really don't have a feel for it, but if I had to choose, I'd probably lean a little more towards the Bills because not only are you getting points, but you know that they're in desperate need of a win and not just a win, but a win that's going to make a statement. Um, and I think that's probably what they're going to shoot for this week. Yeah, and to show that point of how much Tampa Bay's at nine and three right now, you know the Rams and Cowboys at eight and four, and then six, seven, eight, you know nine. It's six and six, six and six, six and six, six and six and seven. You know, so basically Tampa's pretty much locked into a playoff spot here. And honestly, I don't think seating really matters to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I guess they're sort of still in that spot to get the one seed, uh, but we saw last year it didn't really matter to them. They've been through it. I, I don't think it's important, uh, you know, where they go. They have confidence. Uh, you know, they won at New Orleans. They won at Green Bay last year in the playoffs, so I, I don't think that's a big deal. And then, you know, you peek at their schedule and be like, oh, if they lose this Bills game, what's going on? They're home versus the Saints. They're versus Carolina. They're versus the Jets. They're versus Carolina. Uh, so, you know, I, I think they could probably manage two wins out of that and easily get to 11 wins. So even if they lose this game, it's not going to be something where they're really going to fall all that much out of the, you know, playoff mix. They'll be, you know, two, three, four seed uh, and not really have to worry uh, too much. So, and then you sort of look at things here. Buffalo right now sits in the last spot in the AFC in that playoff mix. They're seven and five. The Colts are seven and six. Uh, you know, 
You, you look at division games that the Colts have left to play. Now, they're going through a bad spot right here, uh, but the Colts still, you know, play in a division with the Texans, with the Jaguars. They're going to get cheap wins there. You look at how Miami's playing right now. Your only free win is the Jets. The Bills already got those two free wins versus the Jets. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned the Raiders sitting right there. Uh, they probably are probably going to get a win this week, so they'll move to 7-6. and six. So this game means a ton a ton, you know, for Buffalo here. Uh, so I just, I think they have to go all out here and maybe even maybe we start to get a little bit, uh, you know, more Josh Allen runs. Uh, you know, I, I've sort of said it all season long. They seem to have protected him a, a whole lot more and are not running him. Uh, but that's okay uh, when you're firmly in the playoffs. But I think like last week, instead of pounding Devin Singletary into the line of scrimmage for one yard, I think they needed to, you know, start blitzing Josh Allen and let him use that big frame. I understand they don't want it to end up like a Cam Newton situation where his body sort of gives up on him in five or six years, but your window's probably now, uh, you know, for this Super Bowl, you know, their window might have already shut if you think about it because Josh Allen's contract's going to start, you know, eating up salary cap space. Diggs' contract already eats salary cap space. A handful of those defensive guys, you're going to have to pay if you want to continue to have that defense. You've already seen it sort of take an effect on their offensive line, which hasn't been as good, uh, you know, and this is their window. So I just think this is sort of, let's put all our chips in the table this week versus Tampa Bay, get that eighth win and sort of protect yourself here in the playoff mix. So I'm assuming this is probably what our fifth pick. I think this is our fifth one, but uh, if you like either of these next two, we can bounce it out. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Next up, the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, this 12, spread is 12 and a half. Over under sits at 43. Uh, game sits at six and a half. Over under sits at 21 and a half. Um, the Packers are going to win this game. I don't know if they're going to win it by 13. I have no interest in taking a 13-point Sunday night game. Um, the odds are I'm probably not even going to entertainly watch this game. It might be on a side TV somewhere, but uh, you have any play on this game. Uh, I do know Justin Fields is starting. I don't quite know what that means, other than the Packers will probably sack him 200 times and we have to stare at uh, Matt Nagy making bad coaching decisions, uh, but 12 and a half too much for me. So I'm just a cross off here. So 12 and a half is too much for me. Uh, this is the thing. The crazy thing is I feel like the Packers are going to completely roll, especially with fields on the field. Um, I, I don't think he's, I've said it several times before. I don't think he's ready for, for the big time. And because of it, you're gonna see you're gonna see a complete pounding from from the Packers here, uh, but even I, I can't bring myself to take a twelve and a half point spread. It, it's just too much, um, especially with a divisional opponent, divisional rival. Uh, I can't do it. So, as you mentioned, it, but I, I want no action in this one. Yeah, this one has. Green Bay gets up 21-0 and then hands the ball off every time in the second half. And the Bears, 
you know, score a cheap field goal and a touchdown and it's 21-10 and, you know, no one pays any attention because the game was over in the first 10 minutes. Uh, but the Packers didn't feel like getting anyone hurt. Uh, so basically no one did anything in the second half. So, yeah, I'm a no-go on this one. Uh, you know, I-, I can't even make myself take the Bears because they're so god-awful and uh, I have no clue what's coming out of them. Uh, next one up is probably the best game on the slate. So uh, two weeks in a row, uh, Monday night gets the uh, best game on the slate. Uh, I, I don't know when they start flexing things, but uh, I, I should mention uh, Sunday night football should not be the Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers just because it's one-sided rivalry that's been played since the 1920s. Uh, that game is disgusting. Uh Please do not do that to us uh, ever again. Uh, much like the Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs the week before. <laughs> All right, Rams, Cardinals, uh, two and a half point spread. I, I will say this came in a little bit lower uh, than I thought. I-, I thought this would be at least in the fours, uh, especially the way Arizona played versus Los Angeles earlier in the season. I, I don't know if this is a little bit of a hedge uh, because they don't know how healthy Kyler Murray is. We didn't see a lot of him, you know, having to do much last week. I, I'm curious if you think this line came in a little low or you think this is just right here. No, I think it's low. I, I honestly expected to see the Cardinals at five and a half or four and a half um, simply because – They've been unstoppable regardless of who's at under center at. Honestly, I was one of the biggest critics of that whole Arizona team. I felt like their play style just wasn't the type of play style you win championships with. Um, now, I'm not going to say that I'm a believer, but I will say that they've impressed me. Um, with all that being said, listen, last time they, these two teams played each other, the Cardinals dominated every single facet of that game. Uh, and... I, and this is coming from a Ram fan, okay? And, and, and this is no slight against my team, but I don't see how we can beat them without playing the best game that we can play. Uh, and with that being said, I think I've seen too many mistakes from the Rams to to completely, honestly, truthfully say that I trust Rams are going to win this game. I'm really frightened for the Rams this week. I, I think that it's going to be really tall order for us to be able to come up with a win. Um but I'm going to be rooting on my guys regardless because that's what I do. But, but I, this is definitely one of the tougher games. And I will say that if we, man, if we find a way to, to pull off a win here, hottest team of football, uh, other than the probably the New England Patriots over in the AFC, um, and getting a win against a team like that, I feel like would be a huge, huge confidence boost, uh, especially as we get closer and closer to the end of the season. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how this game plays out. I, I'm curious if the Rams, you know, stick to that running game because I, I think that's a key point. I, I mean, you don't have to do it, you know, stupidly and get one yard and put yourself in bad down and distance, but I, I think they need to have a balance here because this Arizona team, if you get in all-pass mode trying to hit deep routes, they are going to just pass rush the crap out of you and Stafford's going to sit back there and be a sitting duck it's it's going to look a lot like that Tennessee game where every time he dropped back everybody's just you know blitzing up there and and, you know that being said you you don't even have your best wide receiver core that you had in that game out there so I'm really curious if they try to get the balance back 
that led them to so much success, you know, a couple years ago, or, you know, it doesn't work a couple times on those early series. They totally abandon it, and then they drop into that mode where they're just, you know, trying to hit deep bombs, and that's when they start getting turnovers. And that's sort of how that first game played out is, you know, I I thought they threw too much. Arizona just started blitzing pass rush. And then, you know, defensively, I'm also interested how they play that scheme because, you know, they sat in that soft zone and basically Kyler threw underneath to Hopkins and Green every time. And then when that wasn't there, he just sort of took the six yards, slid down and, you know, methodically went down the field. Uh, So I'm interested to see how that plays out. I want to see if the Rams can sort of get themselves back on track and beat, you know, a a playoff team here because they've basically not beaten a playoff team other than the Tampa Bay Bucs, I I think, in the third week of the season. And every time they've come up against one, they haven't looked all that great. So if they could go down there, win this game, and, and sort of get themselves back on track and back in the mix, uh, that would be important. But uh, I must say at two and a half, uh, I, from what I saw in the first game and what I've seen from Arizona and the Rams the last handful of weeks, uh, smart money is to take that two and a half and put it on Arizona here. Definitely. So now, you know, I'm not going to do it. I can't bring myself to do it, but definitely that's a smart play here. Um, and I, I will say something before we move on really quick um, to me, listen, same thing with the Packer game. If the Rams play good football, I'll be completely satisfied, win or lose. To me, the biggest question mark, what I'm most interested in in this game is going to be Sean McVay's coaching philosophy for this game. Uh, You know, for one, we've seen him make mistakes where he's calling way too many pass plays. Whatever, you just kind of chalk that off to he doesn't have Cam Akers, who was supposed to be his main back. Okay, whatever. We've also seen him make a lot of bonehead mistakes where he gets way too aggressive, way too early on, like in that Packer game when he's going for it on fourth down from your own 29-yard line, which makes no sense. We call that the Dan Campbell now. (laughs) Listen, and we've also seen the Sean McVay who tries to implement a run-first offense, but all he's really doing is – Defense is showing run the ball first down and then pass pass. That's his run first philosophy. So I want to see a different philosophy from from the coach. I want to see him implement a good game plan, you know, try to contain Kyler Murray because you're not going to be able to stop him, but try to contain him. And and like I said, if they do a good show, win or lose, I'll I'll be completely satisfied with that. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, another game up there to to see how they play in, in a big game. All right, let's go back over our mutuals. So we started out with the Las Vegas Raiders plus the 10. We got the Saints minus five and a half. Uh, we have the, I believe we have, uh, what did we take? The Bengals plus one and a half. Uh, the Buffalo Bills plus three and a half. And we had an over-under in there. Do you remember what over-under we took? but I'm not sure because I think you were a little weary on that one. Uh, let's see here. What over? I know we took one. Was not Dallas. Definitely was not Carolina. I, you know, I normally write these down for us, but I'm so, as you know, I've been up for quite a few hours now and uh, 
it, it didn't it didn't actually sink in to actually write these down so that's all yeah my, i know I, I i had them all and then i i forgot what over under we grabbed onto. let's see here was not jacksonville atlanta carolina oh i know what we had we had a first half i remember now we're on it we had first half los angeles chargers minus six uh versus the new york giants there we go it popped in there. So let's go back over this. Vegas Raiders plus 10. Saints minus five and a half. Uh, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers minus six and a half first half. D- Cincinnati Bengals plus one and a half. And the Buffalo Bills plus uh, three and a half. So those are our five mutuals. We figured it out and got through it there. Uh, that made for a good show segment. All right, uh, next up, uh, let's do our own best bets of the week. How many picks do you got for us this week? You know, as I told you earlier, I came into uh, the show with one pick. And somehow I ended up with six. Oh, my. He (laughs) locked and loaded this weekend. Yeah, this is is what I like. You know, I I hear your point, and then I take my point, and and then picks just start coming out. So, yeah, I'm ready to go. All right. You uh, hit us up with your first pick of the week. For my first pick of the week, I am taking the Baltimore Ravens at plus two and a half. Oh, my. Going with the Ravens at plus two and a half in Cleveland. All right, uh, next up, uh, I, I hate to do it to you, but uh, that, that line just came in too low for me. So uh, I'm, I, going, I complete. I'm going Arizona Cardinals minus two and a half. That just, uh, I, I thought that was going to be a four-point line at two and a half. I, I got to go with my value here, uh, especially considering they went up to their home field and uh, annihilated them. So uh, two and a half yeah. for me. No, I completely understand that, and, and I don't fault you for that. But uh, my next pick, I am taking the under in the Jacksonville Jaguars-Tennessee Titans game at 43-and-a-half. Ooh, I like that. Jacksonville Jaguars-Tennessee Titans under 43-and-a-half. Uh, uh, next up for me, I am going with the uh, Buffalo Bills plus the 3-and-a-half versus the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a good one. Uh, my next one. I am taking the Cincinnati Bengals at plus one and a half versus the 49ers. I will jump on with you and it's our mutuals. I'm going Bengals uh, plus one and a half for me. Let's see. Uh, My next one, I am taking the under in the San Francisco 49ers and Bengals game at All right, my last one of the week, the Las Vegas Raiders at plus 10 versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's see, I've got two more. So for my last two, I'm taking the New Orleans Saints at minus five and a half, and I'm taking the LA Chargers minus six and a half for the first half. All right, uh, I should throw in there that the uh, Washington football team is its on the Bunsen burner right now. We're on a low flame right now. I'm not officially putting it in my best bets, but uh, by, by Sunday at noon, when, when I, I start firing random texts off uh, to you and the dynamite, uh, it, it might be a full flame. We go Washington plus the four and a half. Uh, we also might throw a... a Washington money line at plus 170 uh, mixed with a Buffalo Bills uh, money line at plus 150 uh, in there. So uh, keep that in mind for sure. 
All right, be sure to like and subscribe and catch all of our programs. We're going to have our Bold Pick'em Show coming up later in the week. Uh, we're going to have more NFL content as the season winds down. Don't miss any of our great shows. Achilles, where can we find you? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles, and you can now find me on TikTok at That Dude Achilles. All right. That's our show, and we're out.